Mike McCagnan is gone. People are shocked. Yeah, you should be shocked. It's not common to fire the GM after the draft, after free agency, once the roster is set. But let's be honest. It's the right move. Sum it up like this. Right move, inconvenient time. E-S-N-Y. Jets have officially relieved Mike McCagan of the general manager duties this morning. News broke around 11.15, 11.30, I believe. I'm not too sure. Started with a report. I think Manish Meta was the first one to have it, but it's not important. The Jets released a statement on their official Twitter. Don't know if they sent out emails yet, but the official statement has been released. McCagnan is gone. The Knicks storyline that was the number three pick last night, poof, gone. Disappeared into thin air. The brethren, Jets, have kicked him off the back pages for quite some time to come. The team who's... Standing very quietly and smiling in the corner is the New York Giants, of course. The new laughingstock, quote-unquote, quote-unquote, laughingstock of the league, the New York Giants, witnessing this unfold. Yeah, you could be shocked. Even with the original reports from Tony Pauline and Lombardi during the draft that there was a rift between McCagnan and Gase and that Changes would be coming. This is still shocking. There's no question about it. It's shocking to let the GM, the fifth-year GM, run rampant in free agency, stake his claim to a running back position, to an inside linebacker position, and pay those two positions that usually don't get paid very well in today's landscape. Then roll through the draft and fire him. Yeah, that's shocking. That deserves all the criticism in the world. Like I said leading in, though, it's important to break it down. It is the right move. Mike McCagnan has not gotten it done, folks. For years, I've been writing this. Three years ago, The offensive line was hard. He still hasn't solved it. Think about that. He now has every incentive in the world in young Sam Darnold to solve this offensive line, and he still has not solved it. They don't have a center. I'm sick of these talking up sessions every offseason. Oh, this is the reason why the offensive line is going to be better this season. Oh, they hired a great offensive line coach. Oh, Trevin Wesco's going to come in and be that sixth offensive lineman in line as a great blocking tight end. Oh, Le'Veon Bell. He's so good, he doesn't need an offensive line. It's going to improve. I'm sick of it. We went through it with Spencer Long. He was supposed to be okay. 
He was supposed to make the difference that uh, was the Wesley Johnson scapegoat. We went through it with Ryan Clady. Oh, it doesn't matter he was hurt. He's going to bounce back. We have we went through it with Brian Winters last year. He was hurt two seasons ago. That was the reasoning. Rick Dennison was the savior last year. You need premium talent up front. The only thing they did was trade for a 30-year-old left guard who was injury-prone in Caliccio Semele. I don't know what the optimists are looking at as it pertains to this offensive line. Calvin Beecham and Brandon Shell are not a good tag team. Are not a an above-average tackle tandem. No offense could can truly flourish behind that tandem. They can get by. They can't flourish. Brian Winters at right guard? I, I like Brian Winters, personally. He, you know, when you talk to him, he's a great guy. He, he, he answers questions never with attitude, always with optimism, and always as truthfully as he can. I like him. He's never been a pro bowler. We talked about assembly at left guard. He's the lone pro bowler on the team. Two pro bowls, one first team all pro, but he's 30. Replacing James Carpenter, who was the key cog two years ago. Last year, he fell off. He was better in 2015, 2016. We realized this. Jonathan Harrison at center. I'm sorry, folks. Adam Gase is his own rushing scheme. Harrison doesn't fit that zone rushing scheme as well as another center would. The offensive line is a disaster. That alone is a fireable offense. After five seasons. This is not one season. Think about 2006. Mike, uh, Eric Mangini, Mike Tannenbaum took a terrible team. Their first year, they flipped three offensive line starters. Jeff Mangold, Debrickashaw, took terrible weapons with Chad Pennington to 10 wins. It starts up front. So the reasons why making this move and getting rid of McKagan are there. They are they're legitimate. They've been there for years. The other question, or the other uh, critical, dire area of need, similarly to offensive line that has not been fixed, of course, is the edge rush position. Five years. With that money this offseason, Anthony Barr rebuffed them. First of all, we don't know if Anthony Barr's an edge rusher. He's never done it. But that's not the point. The point was, with that money, you should have targeted every single offensive lineman and every single edge player and just focused on those two positions. Okay, not literally, but you get my point. It needed to be beyond priority the other areas of concern McCagnan has no issues drafting injury prone guys and character issue guys Osemele Clady all injury prone he re-signed Anunwa I like Anunwa I would have re-signed him too injury prone Anunwa's played 40 games and 80 chances 50% of the time, I believe. Crowder, injury prone. 
character issues. Robbie Anderson's been suspended. Le'Veon Bell, well, I don't think he's a bad character, but he's been suspended. That's an issue. He could be suspended again. Um, Chuma, Chuma Adoga. This offensive lineman in the third round. It's funny. McKagan drafts the two areas in need, O-line and edge, in the third round. Yet he picks guys that are just, they're, they're a handful. Adoga shoved an official. Look at the video. It's not as bad as it sounds, but you still can't put your hands on the official. He shoved an official, got booted from the game. He has issues surrounding his will to play football. That is terrible. That's a bad mix at the NFL level. Talent is not everything. Talent isn't even the most important thing. The will to play, the will to be great, the will to buy in and work harder than every freaking person in the world, that is the first thing. And McKagan doesn't seem to go for those guys. That's what's strange. Polite. Ja'Kai Polite falls in the same category. Look at his interviews from the Combine. He was upset about teams bashing him in the interview, in private interviews. So he took that private information, and he was so sensitive that he told the world. He made a comment, I think, he said the 49ers were his favorite interview because they didn't bash him. You know, the, his 40 time of 484, he was injured. We understand that. Uh, his raw physical abilities are tremendous. His talent is tremendous. But will he outwork everyone else? There was another question when a reporter asked him what he thinks he could do better when he, when they see, when he sees himself on film. His response? Oh, I've never seen myself on film. I don't really watch myself on film. What? You've never watched yourself on film and you're a third-round NFL pick? Oh, my God. Bless Austin. Cornerback out of Rutgers. Listen, first of all, we're not, we're not trying to say these are bad kids. We're scrutinizing the intangibles. Will, will it translate into hard work at the next level? Bless Austin. Replied to a coach, a coach tweet last season when his coach in an interview said, the rebuild is going to take five, six years. Bless Austin responded, with five, six years, question mark, LOL, or some kind of 16-year-old, uh, you know, acronym, uh, I don't know. What are you doing touching that? What are you doing open, openly defying or mocking your coach in public? Those are three guys. All three guys that are newly Jets, drafted by Mike McCadden. It's been there. That he deserved to be fired. That's not the issue. That's not the criticism. But it's important to understand that when thinking about this topic. The issue, and everyone's everyone's piling on, man. It everyone's piling on is crazy. The issue is firing him when they did. And it is ridiculous. You cannot allow the guy. To go on a mad free agent spending spree with running backs and inside linebackers and a slot receiver without addressing the O-line, allowing Parides to walk to Carolina, 
allowing edge rushers, two edge rushers to go to Green Bay. You cannot allow them to go through that process and then go through the draft, hear these rumors, wait three weeks, and then fire the man. Can't It's just the worst timing in the world. So, right move, wrong time. They also fired Heimerdinger, VP of Player Personnel, Anita Marks, uh, threw out a report recently that there is no gase McCadnan rift. She didn't say there is no, but the reason for the McCadnan firing is that McCadnan and Heimerdinger are we're going at it. That's the new spin to get Gase out of out of danger, to get Gase out of out of the clear. Is it true? Possibly. But I don't buy for one moment that McCannon and Gase weren't buttonheads. Now, say what you want about Gase. He hasn't won anything. We know this. But he wasn't... Here's the big problem. He wasn't really hired by McCannon. The Jets may say McCannon did make the hire. Of course he was involved. But the real issue lies within the structure, the hierarchy, in which Gase and McCadden, the head coach and the GM, are on the same level. They both have the same power, they're on the same level, both reporting to the owner. That is a recipe for disaster. That's what the Jets have been living in for over a decade now. And it leads to musical chairs. We we all know no no we don't all know because fans some fans love McCagnan and I can't understand why, but the smart fans all know McCagnan should have been gone with Bulls. But what they did after that, what they would have done after that would have made, would have made or break everything moving forward. Would you again hire a GM and a head coach separately like they did McCagnan and Bulls? McCagnan and Bulls weren't tied at the hip; they didn't know each other prior to being being hired. Or would you hire one true football man as the GM and say, it's your show? You are the boss. The head coach reports to you, not the owner. We'll sign off. We'll give you the okay or no on the coach. Ownership always should have input. But it's your show. The Jets refuse to go to that hierarchy. And I can't understand why. And now since they didn't go to that hierarchy, they kept McCagnan, hired Gase, Gase comes in, a rift happens, McCagnan's gone, reports are now that Joe Douglas, Gase's boy, is in line to be the next GM. That would be good because they're on the same page to overcome the hierarchy issue. The other thing, Rappaport, Ian Rappaport has the report that Gase is upset about the money given to Bell and Mosley. I I would not have signed either. Uh, I did film room videos on both. Both players are great. But when you look at championship teams, they don't spend money at the running back position. They don't. You, you go through the last 10 Super Bowl teams. Marshawn Lynch is the best example. He was the fourth highest paid back in the league. Gurley is the next best example, a runner-up last year. Inside linebacker, 
another position. I love Mosley as a player. Great quarterback for the defense. But paying that much money is a salary cap disaster after a while. doesn't matter how much money you have. Each dollar counts. It's not a superstar league. It's not the NBA. This is a value league. So Bell, Mosley, maybe that ticked Gase off. But I think the biggest thing is the offensive line. Adam Gase knows the importance of premium talent on the offensive line. He knows what he has in Sam Darnold. To allow the kid to go into his second year without a legitimate offensive line when you had all that money to spend is a crime, is a football criminal felony action. That's all there is to it. In fact, in a weird way, I applaud the Jets for making the move when they know they're going to get hammered. They know they're going to get destroyed. In a weird way, I admire this move based solely on McCagnin's right to keep the job. Should have been done a long time ago. But in a way, I, I admire them pulling the trigger during such a horrible time. Now we get to the interesting, crazy part of everything. Most recent name surfacing. The most recent name surfacing for the GM job following the trends of the NFL. And the Jets followed the trend in hiring Gase over McCarthy. The trend of forward thinking. All that stuff. Adam Schefter of ESPN just told the world Daniel Jeremiah is a, under serious consideration for a prominent front office position with the New York Jets per sources. Oh my word. We see Mike Mack in Oakland. That's the trend. Daniel Jeremiah is now under serious consideration. Now, if this is true, I have serious questions. Why? Do you remember the tanking narrative of two off-seasons ago? It all started with one sentence from Daniel Jeremiah at the NFL Draft. He said, the Jets have the worst roster in the league. Now remember, this is the off-season in which we saw Jets' big names be gone. David Harrison Decker, I'm not sure if they were gone yet. Maybe it happened after the draft. I think it happened after the draft. The David Harrison Decker thing. But Revis, Marshall, other big names. Mangold, I think Mangold was on his way out. Other big names were gone, which signaled to the NFL that a rebuild had just started. See, the knee-jerk reactors react to names, not overall talent, not overall quality, character. That statement, the Jets have the worst roster in the NFL, snowballed. And when Harris and Decker were cut, others jumped on with quotes from unnamed people that the Jets are a laughingstock. But the capper was Jeremiah's report, not report, quote from an unnamed NFL exec that the Jets had the worst roster in a decade. Now think about this. The worst roster in a decade. Nobody's like me took this information, looked at the roster, and said, this is ridiculous. We know names have gone. We know the names are gone. But the roster had actually improved significantly 
Yet Daniel Jeremiah kept rolling with this narrative. In fact, when the Jets got off to a hot start that year, they finished 5-11. and They could have won a lot more games. I predicted six wins. Wrote a column titled, What the Tanking Accusers Don't Understand About the Jets, That the Roster Has Improved. Daniel Jeremiah actually publicly apologized to the Jets on Twitter once they got off to this hot start. This you can't make up, folks. How could a possible GM candidate be so wrong about the talent of a roster and come with a hot take narrative that the Jets have the worst roster in a decade? This let this snowballed every this started everything that offseason. Leading to the Colin Coward 0 and 16 predictions. Leading to the worst team in the land. Leading to one-win predictions. Insane. They drafted Jamal Adams. We knew how good he was. Uh, You know, the people who knew what they were doing knew how good he was. They did things that actually improved the roster. Decker, Harris, Mangold, Revis, Brandon Marshall, they were over-the-hill names. That meant nothing at that point. You weren't losing anything by losing them. Go on Elite Sports New York. Search for what the tanking accusers don't understand. What the tanking accusers don't get. The New York Jets roster has improved. June 18th, 2017. It's all there. Yet, Schefter is reporting this man is a candidate for the GM position. Now, this is not to say he would be a bad GM. It is just, this is the crazy news. Beyond McCagnan, this is the leader in the clubhouse now. It was Jeremiah who single-handedly started that off-season narrative. That the Jets roster was the worst in the league. Not only that, but unnamed executives calling it the worst roster in a decade. They win five games. Just a... Average bad team. No historic awfulness. So where do the Jets go from here? Obviously, they stake their claim to Adam Gase. And I'm not completely opposed to that. I know he hasn't done anything. But my visions align with his much more than McCagnon's, it seems like. Overpaying for a running back who's oftentimes suspended in a league where running backs don't need to be paid. Uh, Same with an inside linebacker. I'm on board with that. Uh, I've been been screaming screaming about that for the entire offseason. You don't need Le'Veon Bell. You need an offensive line. You don't need an inside linebacker. Okay, a quarterback of the defense would be nice. Mosley, I'd like so much more than Bell. But you needed edge help. You needed an outside pass rush so much more. The drafting of questionable guys, the drafting and signing of injury-prone guys, the patchwork offensive line, they just made the right move. They made the right move. It just comes at the worst possible time imaginable. I applaud the Jets for making the move. Even though they knew they were going to get hammered, I admire it. 
but it was their own mess to begin with. McCagnan should have been gone with Bulls. And once that regime failed, they should have realized we need to hire one true football man to run things. Forget this even playing hierarchy with a coach and GM report to the owner. Forget that. I know a lot of I know teams do it in the NFL. But usually when it's done, one voice reigns supreme. If it's unclear whose voice reigns supreme, you have issues. And with McCagan and Gase not knowing each other, both reporting to the owner, we didn't know whose voice was reigning supreme. And when that happens, oh man, disaster will follow. To avoid that, you hire one true football guy. Let him hire the coach, have ownership sign off on it, and let the coach report to the GM. It's too late for that. It's too late. Whether it's Douglas, whether it's Jeremiah, the hierarchy can't change now. And it won't unless they think Gase is doing a poor job after the first year. So, Knicks fans, take a back seat. Giants fans, get the hell out of here. It's Jets time. Oh, and by the way, they waited three weeks until after the draft to make this move. When the news came out during the draft. Interesting choice. It's an interesting choice. But Knicks and Giants fans, go to your rooms. Go to bed. It's time for the Jets fan to rant and rave, holler, and stamp his and her feet. They made the right move. It's just a terrible time. The important thing now is to learn from the mistake and make the correct changes moving forward.